church. Yeah. Yeah. Preteen group. Yeah. And quite often, the people who feel least important are the ones who are smallest, right? Yeah. And sometimes it's others who are kind of on the periphery, they're out on the edges. But uh, I think something so good about saying, well, actually, let's have them sit right in the middle. Yeah. Let's have them slap bang there. And then there's a very, very clear message. You guys are so important to us. And uh, you mean the world to us. We're very, very happy to have you here. The other thing that's a little bit different is the format of the sermon. So it's not going to be me just speaking for 20 minutes or half an hour or however long. Um, I, I really love if this can be a chewing on the word on the part of all of us. So it isn't so much... Well, actually, Harry went away and did a bit of study and then, you know, came back and he's got some thoughts to share. As much as, well, actually, what questions have you got in your mind about scriptures? And what do they say to you personally? And then as we send those questions out amongst each other and choose on God's word, what answers come back to us? More that. So, quick question: Has anybody heard of a bema or a bema? I only discovered what a bema was <laughs> um, a few weeks ago, and this was because Heidi shared. Uh, a podcast which he was enjoying with Ben and then Ben shared it with me and I've gotten through 20 episodes of this podcast <laughs> in two weeks I love it, I think it's great so it's based on rabbinic teaching and Baymar is the centre stone of a synagogue so it would be where the rabbi stands and then sends out the word chewed upon by everybody and then it comes back again and there's a beauty to that there's something to that format which I think is so significant it's so different and I think that it lends itself to feeding on the word does that make sense? so guess what I am going to be sending out the word and the, the word we'll be chewing on today is in the book of Genesis. So if you have a Bible with you, please turn to Genesis 11. We'll be talking about the tale of two towers and considering what this story tells us. And I certainly have some views. I've got an opinion on it. But I'm hoping, you know, I pray that that's not going to be that's significant. What's going to be significant is how much this says to me personally and how useful that is for yeah. your thoughts to everyone here. I'm hoping that's that's significant. Now before we launch in, I want to tell you about, um, I'm going to confess really, some trains of thought which were unedifying on my part. So, Back in January, we heard news, breaking news from China, 
there's some sort of virus and it seems to be spreading rapidly. And I confess to you, the first thought to my mind was, oh, people in China, you know, sort out your hygiene. Yeah, I know, exactly. Sort out your hygiene. <laughs> no, seriously, this is my head. Yeah. And I'm thinking, okay, it seems to be coming under control. And then it spreads and spreads. And we see, you know, plane flights here and there. And, and the situation in China is going from bad to worse. And again, I'm thinking, you can do it, you know. And I'm praying for people in China, while secretly thinking, yeah, the hygiene level's probably not as good as it is other places. I read such a helpful article on Friday. Friday morning, Albert Lee shared an article with Furious and Family. And I read it, and I thought, oh goodness. Because it detailed some of the activities that had gone on in different nations around the world. And it was clear that the response in China was amongst the best in the world. There was nothing bad about it, it was actually excellent. Other places hasn't been as good. Um, Taiwan has been fantastic, Japan. So there are, there are differences in response. And some places have been absolutely excellent. And China was held out in this article as, as one of those. How quick I was to jump to a conclusion, eh? Yeah. How quickly did that come? Mm -hmm. I was right in there with a, oh, you know, I'll have to pray for them for that reason. Mm -hmm. Now, what I wanted to share today before we launch into the world is just the danger of um, letting fear guide you. Of activities, behaviours, responses. Mm -hmm. Fear, I think, is completely natural. Mm -hmm. And we tend to feel it. I think, I think it's a normal response. Yeah. But I think the lesson I've learned from that is I really need to watch myself and be a little bit more careful about where that fear leads me. Yeah. So I'm hoping that this chewing over the word together will really help you as it helps me. So let's, let's go ahead and read, and then I'll, I'll just um, leave us with a question to chew over. And uh, consider how you want to chew. So I, I suggest that the best thing to do is to discuss it in groups. So probably teams are gathered there in a nice little group where you guys can discuss. Um, maybe kind of cut over there. And um, you know, please follow your own heart in terms of distance that you want to keep all of us or each other from over one metre away, it's fine, you know, no problem at all. But uh, we'll be discussing in groups and it'll be kind of five minutes that we'll have to discuss meetings that we'll be discussing. And then we'll come back and share. So let's, let's, let's have the scripture first. Actually, can I get you guys to read it? Would you mind? So what you do, you take one scripture, one verse each, and then just go around. So I'll start... And then we'll be next general, okay? So I'm going to start in Genesis 10, verse 32. And then, Jeremy, you would read 11, verse 1. And then on to Catherine and, and round. And just take your time, nice and loud voice, okay? So the Bible reads in Genesis 10, 
the last verse in that chapter. These are the clans of Noah's sons, according to their lines of descent, within their nations. From these the nations spread out over the earth after the flood. Now the whole world had one language and a common speech. As many moved as birds, they found a plain in Shina and Bethlehem. They said to each other, Come, let's make brick, brick, brick and make them thrones. They used brick instead of stone. So the Lord scattered them from there all over the earth, and they stopped building the city. That is why it was called the Babel, because there was there the Lord confused the language of the whole world. From there, the Lord scattered them over the face of the whole earth. Fantastic job, well done. Thank you so much. So, so we have a little story here in the scriptures, and the story is of the people after a certain event. So we have great traumatic, so a significant change to the world. Then it tells of people spreading all over the earth, right? And then the people made a decision, didn't they? And the decision is, it also gives us the reason for the decision as well. And as they as they decided this, there's an intervention, isn't that? Now, as you read this text, what questions do you have in your mind? I want this to be our first discussion topic. Quite often, when we read the scriptures, we're encouraged not to question the text. We're almost given the meaning. I'd like to, if you can, step outside of that as well. If you can step outside of that, you just consider, well, what questions do come to my mind? And I'll tell you now, no questions often it. So whatever question does come to your mind, please do, please click and share them. We're going to spend five minutes just considering what questions come to mind. 
is that they're going to be great, great questions. Now, in order to have these great, great questions, you've got to also accept, well, some of them might, you know, some of them will be posed here, they'll seem obvious to others of us, so we'll, we hear some questions and we might think, well, that one's obvious, you know, we know the answer to that one, but I want to recommend that we don't be too quick to jump on it, it might be this elsewhere, okay, and plus also it's just mutual respect. So I'm going to start down here with preteens. The preteen from the dog has asked me if I would use this mic. That's a good idea. I'll just undo it. There we go. Oh, okay, may not reach all the way. Preteen, if you can stick upwards into that. So who wants to go first? You want to speak at once, you have to speak very slowly in case we can understand. Our question is, what language did they speak? We think they may have spoken Aramaic or ancient Hebrew. Or maybe Latin. We got anything to add? Or a language that All really good points. Thank you guys. And moving over here. Did you guys have any questions? Yeah. yeah. So I can't, I can't understand this all the way. Why did you name the Tower of Babel? Great question, thank you. Um, why did the people want to go to heaven? Why did they want to go to heaven? <laughs> that's, that's one that's uh, kind of key. And uh, you guys? Same ones? We were question is, why do they want to build a tower to heaven? Because if they could, it would take a really long time. <laughs> yeah, but, but, but in there, isn't there a lot of debt? So don't we all try to do that in a way? And also, why did God make all, um, tell, make all the people speak different languages? Why did God confuse their languages? Very good. Okay. Wait, should I hold it? Yeah, you can. Do it. Why was God upset? Yeah. Great question. And really, really to the point. Thank you all so much. I really, really appreciate that. Yeah. So the beginning of Bible study was really, really good. Um, I want to go out to the groups and maybe just get one question from each group. I don't know if you, you managed to get consensus on, and it doesn't have to be kind of one question as in that, that's it, but maybe one person share the theme of questions or, you know, two or three that you came up with, maybe starting over here. feeling about building this great tower to go up to heaven rather than living the rest of their lives. Thank you very much, Anna. Yeah. That's really good. Do you want to share? Yeah. So, we 
technology what what a great question you know man humanity is developing technology in this story so that's one of the themes isn't it so we see the development of the brick and then the brick leads to building and that's what it's for and uh, is is god threatened in some way thank you so much great question and uh, the the question is posed not as um uh, maybe uh, not an attack on god's character but more um but it, yeah, it's confusion because it doesn't promote relationship. And we know God is a God, is a God of love. God is all about relationships. So we'll definitely come back to that question. Thank you. Maybe over to team group, the mighty team group. My question was more or less why in the first place? Why try to build a tower that would probably take longer than the people who live in the way, you know? Like, why build a tower that would take so long to build instead of just waiting until you eventually die and go to heaven? Wow. Yeah. Great. Yeah. So, very similar to one the preteen posed. Why, why start on that when it's going gonna, it's gonna to take a long time? I mean, you know, you need to look up. I don't know how, I forget how long the Burj Khalifa took to build, but you look up and you think, oh. and uh, great point. Were, were there any other questions that you guys wanted to share before I move on? Uh, yeah. So we talked about the background, you know, we talked about what they've just left and the trauma and um, how much that changed the world. And then you've seen that, and then why would you why would you test God like that? So great point, thank you. Really good question. Over uh, let's move on to the group back down here. Yeah, uh, my question is, uh, why did God want something to be impossible for them? Why did God want to be something? Why did God want something to, to be, be impossible? impossible? So He's almost putting up a barrier and saying, "You can't do this." Yeah, great question. Great question. Is that really God's character? You know, to put up walls and say, "You can't do this. You can't do that." Mm -hmm. Go ahead. And three, they went from one language no language at all mm. because how, how they were confused they could not understand one another yeah and uh, also a question did they build that tower to become independent of god mm. yeah and then fantastic questions thank you so much Johan. so two two questions um Share the second one first, actually. Did they build the tower? This, this fly is bugging. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
kind of, did they build the tower to be independent of God? Yeah. Uh, and I think as, as we discuss and choose, I think that's going to be a major theme. Yeah. Yeah. Have we got any, uh, any professional fly catchers in there? Anybody who's qualified in this area? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Need a good whack. I think it's about our reliance on God. Above God or something? Great point. Arrogance that will come in without being married. Yeah. Building upwards, trying to show, look, you know, God may have made these natural things, He may have made mountains or whatever, look at us. We can build higher and we can do better. Thank you. Great point. You guys? I think we really just had the same um, question as as in the corner there. You've just seen God is all powerful, He's wiped out the world with a flood, and now. It's almost like he's scared yeah. that, that he'll be overthrown because, oh my goodness, they're building it. If they can do this, what will they going to do next? They're yeah. gonna, are they going to overthrow me? I'm like, but hold on a second, you God. Oh, you God, can you just do everything? You created the entire universe. Now you're scared of man that you created. Or it yeah. just, it's, it's just a why. Great, great question. Thank you. Um, over to this group. that child practically nailed it and she as well well my argument is he wrote the program you made man so you should know the capacity of what you built and we are a product of you know what you built so if you built us you know our capacity our capability i mean just sitting here i'm not so good at geography it's practically impossible to build something after you know it's impossible already it's 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 done so why bother that's my question like i'm afraid to ask it what is god afraid of that's that's easier to way i can ask that what 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 and all the generations came. So there was no picture. I mean, the world was very fresh. Everything was, you know, all new, new things. So I mean, the people, yeah, the people enter into a new earth and a new world, and everything was new. So the people don't know what to do. So they said, okay, we can run a project. So they don't know about God. So they want to, you know, they don't have any work. So they said, why can't we do that? And it was, I don't know what language it is. So God wants to show the picture who he was. Wants to consider, you know, has everybody forgotten God? Mm-hmm. They've forgotten since the time of the flood. And uh, maybe, you know, thank you. Appreciate that. Lots of corn. Um, I think it's interesting for
free will and, and where that led to. Um, and we also thought, well, we talked about, you know, God sees what man is going to do in the future um, and has that foresight to see that, you know, this will not end particularly well. But also God is, we're looking at this in the context of Genesis, but, you know, if you go through the New Testament, God is going to one day bring a common language and common people back to you. So he, he's seeing the bigger picture mm. that comes to you. But yet, it's about man trying to take control and, and, and create his own um, world, his own um, uh, you know, way to heaven. It wasn't God's plan. So, so I just want to draw out one thing that Pip said there, and that is the, the choice of the use of technology. So choice is, if you've developed this technology, and there's a question, you know, is God threatened by the technology? But also, the other question is, well, now you do have the technology, what do you use it for? Do you use it for good, or do you use it for something else? And uh, if I'm going to summarise the questions at a very, very high level, I, I think the, the why is probably uh, a big one. So, why did the people do what they did? Why are they deciding to build this big tower? And the Bible does tell us. So, we see, I'm just going to scan down in the book of Genesis, in verse 4. It says, come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves. Otherwise, we will be scattered over the face of the whole earth. So there's a couple of themes coming out of that. One, the name that they want to create is for themselves, right? And a few of the discussions you know, I've overheard talk about you know, the, the mentioned popularity, fame, uh, the sense of identity. You know, I want to know that I mean something. It makes a difference that I'm here, that I matter. We as a people matter. That's important to me. So, so that making a name for yourself. And how do we do it today? Uh, if we have time, that, that would be a fantastic discussion as well. Yeah. Unfortunately, today we don't. But uh, one of the things that we do is we promote ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. So, and perhaps you can think of what in your mind that self-promotion means. Mm. We know it when we see it. When I was a teenager, the thing that I really wanted from life was a BMW, a really big sound system, really big speakers, and then for everybody to see the first two. <laughs> see the first two. So for everybody to see the BMW and the sound system. Because it's about status for me. You know, it's about, and that, that kind of defines who I am. And maybe, maybe these people, kind of lost their way a little bit. What do you think? And rather than realise, well actually, I'm made by God. God made me. He made me to be a particular person, an individual who is unique. And I add to this world. Instead of that, 
oh goodness, you know, I need to do something to kind of prove that I matter. You know, if I can create this big tower or, you know, this, this landmark, that will be proof. So that's question number one. Did anybody else come up with anything around that in terms of responses? Why did he um, destroy their language instead of destroying them? Oh, great question. So, so that, that was, I know that was a question that you wanted to share, and uh, we'll definitely come to that now. Um, if, if, if nobody has any more responses that they want to share on the question of why did they build the tower, then we'll move on to well, God's response. And in order to move to... Oh, sorry, sorry just something I thought of is... They say that if they don't do this, they'll be scattered. Yes. And I think, maybe, maybe somebody already mentioned, but I think, I think it's fear. Mm. They realize there's this great big world out there. They have no idea what's out there, you know, what's going to happen to them. And they wanted to stick together. And they said they draw a lot of security mm. in that. Instead of, instead of trusting God and say, listen, God's given us this world. This is go. You know? Yeah. And, Thank you so much. Thing, right? Massive, massive. And I, I think it runs all through here. I really appreciate that. Uh, remember what God's command to Noah was. Be fruitful, multiply the earth. Was the last command to Noah. And they are not wanting to do that, are they? They're wanting to be fixed. Let's plant ourselves here and then build something big to protect us or you know, that we can put our trust in. Thank you so much, really. That's a great, great point. For the next question, God's response, let's have a look at verse 4. I'll actually start from verse 3, because what happens is that the people say, come let's make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They use brick instead of stone and bitumen for water. Then there's a break, because verse 4 starts, then they said. When we see this structure in the Old Testament, in Hebrew, that's a natural break. So if we don't have then they said, it's basically one dialogue. But where we have then they said, that's a break. So actually, when they start talking about technology, when they start talking about let's make these bricks, does God have a problem with that? No. None whatsoever. There is no response from God. He's absolutely fine with us developing, growing our knowledge, using it building, being human, so our growth and our development, being able to do great things. I think somebody talked about um, going to the moon. God has no problem with that. There is no threat to God. But if we read on, the next thing we see, then they said, come let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves. Otherwise, we'll be scattered over the face of the whole earth. And this is where God intervenes, right? So it wasn't actually the technology or the use of it that God had any issue with. Sorry, it wasn't the technology, it was the use of it. Apologies. It was the use of it. Because they're using it for purposes other than his will. So what does he do? Is this confusion of language a punishment? We've seen a flood wipe out the earth, haven't we? Just earlier in the story. Is this anything remotely like that? 
there is the question of whether the flood itself was a punishment. God is a God of love. This intervention is very different, isn't it? But to Johan's point, and questions from this group over here, how could it be loving to make it difficult for people to communicate to one another? Surely communication is step number one in love. But let me put this question to you. What do you do when you meet somebody that you need to interact with but don't speak their language? What do you do? What can you do? Yeah, get to know them. Get to know them is the answer. Get to know them. Harry, I just, Harry, I'm sorry. Do you use Google Translate? For a day, going around Bangkok a couple of months ago, the driver who had no clue of English. I speak to Google Translate in English. He understands. He replies in his language, whatever language. And I can see, and we actually end up getting where we should go. Super. Fantastic. Awesome. <laughs> Technology is fantastic, isn't it? It's really, really good. It, um, it is wonderful that there is nowhere, I don't think, that wish that, that you know, God, God holds his hand up and says, don't go there. And I think, I think our development of online spaces, artificial intelligence, you know, this is a demonstration of that. It's fantastic. Um, I, I will just go back to Rudy's point, <laughs> which I think is, uh, is, is what, what God's intention was. Uh, I just want to read something from one of the rabbis uh, that I've shared about on this podcast. He says, uh, It's interesting to note that in order to develop and progress, humanity will need to learn the language of others. Learning languages requires us to understand the perspectives of the alien language. It requires us to adopt somebody else's perspective. And often that perspective comes from a completely different culture. It means that we have to have a, a wide open mind uh, to a greater degree than if we were communicating with somebody in our own language. And I put it to you that maybe the confusion of languages is actually about God coming and saying, I want your minds to be wide open to each other. I want you to be more understanding and to have opportunities to flex that understanding muscle and develop it, to work hard at it. The opportunities were in that confusion of languages. So does he have anything against us working together to build great things? I don't think so. I don't at all. But, what do we use it for? When we build great things, what's the purpose of them? So God is a God, we know, of compassion, of love. He's selfless. And he promotes that behaviour in us. That's how he created us. He created us to work collaboratively come together and build each other up, we need each other. And then, to do remarkable things together. So churches, building churches. Imagine entrusting that to us. But with him, you know, 
Now, if we decided, oh, we're going to build a great church, we're going to put it here and it'll be the Church of Thames Valley because we're so great. <laughs> we're going to make it you know, to 2,000 or whatever. And, it, and it, I hope it seems ridiculous because it is ridiculous. The first place we look, of course, is God. And how different, right? I just want to finish up. Um, and maybe, maybe we can just discuss the ramifications of this in fellowship afterwards. Just looking at the next chapter. So turn with me in your Bibles, if you will, to Genesis chapter 12. Have a look in verse 1. And we're going to see a contrast. So up to this point, we see the people of God moving east away from God. So they've been excluded from Eden for a purpose. And there's been a flood across the earth for a purpose. But God is a loving God. He's protected them. He's looked after them. He's herded them, as you are. But they're continuously moving east, you'll find, through the book of Genesis up to this point. And they're moving away from God, slowly. Then we come to Genesis 12, where something else happens. In verse 1, it says, The Lord had said to Abram, Go from your country, your people and your father's household, to the land I'll show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I'll make your, I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I'll bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I'll curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he sent out, set out from Haran. He took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, all the possessions they'd accumulated, and the people they'd acquired in Haran, and they set out for the land of Canaan, and they arrived there. So a very unusual start to this story for that time. You wouldn't usually leave your father's house, you know, you wouldn't leave that community, because the community was the family. It's a very odd thing to do. Let's see what he does in verse 6. Abram travelled through the land as far as the sites of the great tree of Moreh at Sheshem. At that time the Canaanites were in the land. The Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your offspring I'll give this land. So he built an altar there to the Lord, who had appeared to him. From there he went on toward the hill east of Bethel and pitched his tent, with Bethel on the west and I on the east. There he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. Then Abram set out continue to all the negative. So the first thing that Abram does when God calls him and he responds is he builds a tower. But he does it in a different way, right? So his tower is built in the name of the Lord. So very different to let's make a name for ourselves. Now what exactly that means practically, what does it mean to build a tower to the Lord. What does it mean to sacrifice your time, your energy? Think to yourself, well, I could be doing this, and instead, I'm going to build a tower to the Lord. What does that mean? I'm hoping that's fuel for us Amen. in our groups. Um, we'll close in prayer. Father, we come before you and we're so grateful for your word. We thank you that you feed us because you, you meant for us to have food and you meant to provide for us, Father. You meant to look after us. You meant to love us deeply. And I thank you that all of these things we feel, we see. We look at 
the way that nature is, and it's, it's immediately apparent. I thank you that that's also true of, the, of your word. It comes to us and it feeds our soul, and we grow because of it, we thank you. We pray that as we make decisions based on this, to be more like you, to love you, to respect you, to grow towards you, to always look towards you, Father, that we can learn what it means to build towers in your name. To turn away from building towers for any other reason, like, for example, fear, and collaborate and come together and build towers in your name. Right now, that might mean acting together to respond to a threat like uh, a virus, Father, and uh, places like China and Japan and Taiwan have shown how working together effectively can eradicate the threat. And I uh, pray that we can learn from situations like that. And I uh, pray that you give us humility, as we do, help us to ward against things like fear. Well, help, help us to, to ward against an irrational response to fear. But instead, have faith in you, a powerful God. Thank you. Thank you for everybody here. And pray in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Amen.